And uh, hope you enjoyed that. It featured uh, an international cast of musicians and vocalists on it. And I highly recommend you check these folks out the next time they play live. And by the way, just I, I found this intriguing watching the guitarist Eldon Kelly on Saturday night when they were playing some of these tunes. Uh, he plays something that's called a glissantar. Uh, it sounded like a sitar, but in fact, it's what appears to be a, a solid body 12-string guitar. But uh, he made he made it sound really neat. And uh, everybody on this does uh, a fine, fine job. Uh, too numerous to mention everybody who performs on this, but I did want to point out that on uh, New Africa, the D-Mix featured the vocals of uh, Senegalese star Shake Low. So there we have it. Uh, perhaps we can listen to the rest of this at another time. This has been uh, Novel Generica, featuring music from our new shelf. We have a new shelf down here at CBN, and we get new stuff all the time. It's nice to feature some of it exclusively. And that's what we did. So we were uh, all wrapped up here, and we'll turn things over to the Fine folks, or fine folk as it is today, Jim Dwyer and Gray Matters. So do stay tuned. But as usual, I want to remind you what you are listening to. What station am I listening to? WCBN. What station plays the least music and the most noise? WCBN FM and Arbor. WCBN 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 Records have that deep groove. I dig that groove. Go for the groove. You can always pick up the needle and move to another groove. Listen to old funk records, the groove is so heavy. Drop out, turn on, and groove with the chemicals. Get back into the groove. Sometimes I hear a drum groove in my head. After you got the groove, you're just singing the hooks. They were the only band on that scene that had a groove. That sort of music puts me in a different groove. There's a certain groove you pick that makes the music flow. You fly through space without hitting things or anybody, then you get into the groove. We groove off everything. Then the audience would just take over and keep the groove going. You know, we had that groove. A lot of melodies are very simple, but it's got this groove. Listen to Groovasaurus every Monday at 8 p.m. on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Of course, that will be later tonight after 
the blues program and after gray matters your weekly news and media analysis program my name is jim dwyer and i'll be doing the program tonight well it's just about as lovely a day as you could hope for i just about had to pinch myself uh walking down the street to come into the building here to do the program it's just lovely out there so uh good night for a stroll or a bike ride if you haven't had a chance to uh, stretch the legs at all uh just about as nice a late spring day in michigan as you could ask for which is much welcomed well Lots to talk about uh, today. There's a sort of a flurry, uh, you might even say slurry, of uh, events uh, that are sort of interconnected here that have all kind of happened with this uh, prisoner exchange. Uh, of course, some uh, follow-up hand-wringing about the uh, random shooting 10,072 last week and uh, Obama's uh, concern with his legacy again and trying to do something about uh, carbon pollution and coal consumption. And as it all spreads out across the front page of today's New York Times, uh, which is what I'm looking at here, what we really see is kind of a snapshot of uh, a nation still firmly fixed in denial uh, and its dance partner, Delusion. We'll just head from right to left uh, against the grain across the front page of the Times here. Just to start this out here, I've got a few comments to make about each of the stories. And uh, talking about connectivity, of course, there's a lot of high school graduations uh, scheduled to occur this week. And so I'll have a little piece of... Uh, Advice for them at the end of the show, if any are listening or if any uh, of you listening who know high school graduates. Of course, you may have your own words of wisdom to pass on. Uh, but uh, there are some interesting connections uh, between weather, food, and desire, scarcity, uh, appetite, uh, thirst that uh, I will focus on a little bit at the end of the program if I can wrap things up and get there on time. So uh, here we are back with today's uh, June 2nd, 2014, the New York Times. All the news that's fit to print, the nation's paper of record, and really a very fine newspaper uh, with its own biases, both uh, hidden and in plain sight. Um. But uh, as I said here, this sort of snapshot of issues over which the United States is still in denial, has been in denial, and uh, heaven help us, uh, show no signs of uh, shaking out of. So this uh, story on the right-hand side, Obama to take action to slash coal pollution, an EPA uh, rule proposal which is going to supposedly... Um, Cut carbon pollution from the nation's power plants 30% from 2005 levels by 2030. This is the uh, regulation that takes aim at the largest source of carbon pollution in the United States, the nation's more than 600 coal-fired power plants. 
If it withstands an expected onslaught of legal and legislative attacks, experts say that it could shutter hundreds of the plants and also lead over the course of decades to systematic changes in the American electricity industry, including transformations in how power is generated and used. Well, okay, this should have happened 30 years ago. Um, I've spoken numerous times on the program about Project 2000, the special natural resources uh, environmental health report commissioned uh, very early in the Carter presidency uh, that took so long to uh, pull together the complete document that it wasn't ready until the opening months of the Reagan administration, where it was completely ignored, published independently uh, by Penguin Books and stands as uh, a cry out in the wilderness of the 1970s for the things that we're only now just sort of beginning to take piecemeal baby steps towards. Um, in point of fact, uh, the nation's 600 coal-fired power plants, many of these are old, old plants that require uh, complete retooling. And so, in a way, this isn't as drastic uh, cessation on the burning of coal. The industry uh, can now take advantage of the opportunity to retool uh, while creating lots of good fluffy publicity for themselves about being in compliance. Of course, you should still expect the uh, chambers of commerce to make a lot of uh, noise about how this is only going to cost jobs and isn't going to help the environment. Again, we should have taken these steps decades ago. Uh, the fact that we're still burning coal, even though it's abundant in West Virginia and it's jobs for West Virginia, is absurd and ridiculous uh, when wind is cheap, fresh, free, renewable, and non-pollutive. Um, your guess is as good as mine why that hasn't yet happened. But uh, by 2030, we'll see where temperatures and climate shift uh, averages have readjusted to. Uh, I'm afraid that this, you know, is better than nothing, but I don't want to say too little too late, but certainly little and late. Well, moving leftwards, of course, is the follow-up, uh, oh, this poor troubled child, how could no one see or help him? Uh, the young man who uh, went on the shooting spree in California last week. As somebody who worked in the education system here locally for 15 years, uh, I know how these things happen. There's no funding for the support systems necessary to help the kids with the social skills, with the difficult backgrounds at home, with the psychological problems, with the emotional problems uh, that you do spot. And you can point them out to counselors, and counselors are, well, well, yeah, I know that kid really, he's got some problems, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, there were a number of students uh, right here in town that I worked with that, and I, by number, I mean a small number. I mean, over a 15-year career, you teach, you know, a couple thousand students. Uh, but there are one or two that you think about and go, well, geez, oh, boy. I wouldn't be surprised if that's guys one of the guys who pops someday. Uh, and you can talk to a counselor about it, and the talk, counselor can talk to the parents and talk to the kids. But when these youngsters who are troubled are uh, identified, there's really just not much 
uh, to be done for them uh, as the system is currently structured. Um, of course, the other end of the problem here, since the gun industry wants to turn this into entirely a mental health problem, uh, we need to examine the mental health of anyone who would make the argument that the Second Amendment and its uh, allowance uh, for American citizens to buy guns of any kind, of any number that they might like, um, as an unquestioned, untrammeled, unmeasured uh, uh, right, um, even if that person might be insane or depressive or, you know, have problems, uh, that's a kind of insanity, too. Um, the Second Amendment's tenacious grip on the nation's psyche, I mean, it's all over our entertainment industry, whether it's video games or films. It's all about guns. Uh, even some of the great films that we love, uh, you know, that's a big part of the culture. Uh, in America, the Wild West, or the Ancient West, if you prefer, uh, it's part of our psyche. And, uh, you know, even if you watch movies from the 1930s, there are references to people going on shooting sprees. You know, there's a Jimmy Cagney movie called Picture Snatcher, where he's a jailbird who's trying to make good and uh, gets a job as a picture snatcher, a, a sensationalist photographer for a, a rag type of newspaper. And uh, the first crime he covers is a fireman who's gone postal, as we say nowadays, who's locked his family up in the house and is shooting at the cops out the window and has shot a few people on his way there. What, uh, you know, that's not the product of video games, and that's a reflection of things that did occasionally happen uh, throughout America's history. Uh, we've had this weird fixation with uh, the gun, and so uh, these sort of hand-wringing articles, you know, oh dear, oh dear, after the fact, are really a lot of uh, pointless blather. Um, we need more money spent on psychological support systems, and we need to seriously consider modifying aspects of the language that constitutes the Second Amendment. Uh, as Carl Levin uh, often has said, it doesn't say anything about bullets. I think that's probably the uh, avenue of approach. Well, the big photo on today's uh, front page of the New York Times, again, we're looking at the snapshot of a nation in denial here with these different stories. Uh, the big photograph is in Idaho, where... Uh, a local is taking a picture of a big welcome home sign. Sergeant Bo Bergdahl has been freed, exchanged uh, with five Taliban prisoners who had been held in Guantanamo. Of course, the Republican Party is going to uh, fall over themselves to denounce Obama as soft on terror. Um, a weak, vacillating gesture. We should never negotiate with terrorists, blah, blah, blah. Well... This is a war we're trying to wrap up. Taliban is the power that holds the, you know, elect, you know, they represent uh, people who live there. Uh, it's basically a country by default anyway. It's uh, primarily a tribal gathering uh, that happens to exist as a country because of the boundaries of the other countries that surround it, Afghanistan. Um, so, uh 
it makes sense for Obama as a gesture of, yes, we are serious. We are getting out. You know, okay, we're not going to leave this guy there. He's been a prisoner for five years. Apparently, uh, his health has recently declined, and this was partly done to save his life. Uh, I heard, you know, sort of moderate middle of the road to right wing commentators on the radio today saying, oh, you know, we shouldn't deal with terrorists and those. The Taliban wants to attack America, and uh, gee, look at the sergeant's dad. He he looks like a Taliban guy himself. He's got one of those big old beards. Well, a guy lives in Idaho, okay, and there's some mountain men up there, and they got some beards, and a beard's a beard. I don't think you can look at a beard and, and say it's a Taliban beard. I mean, uh, it could be a jazz soul patch, or it could be a Hindu holy man hipster type of beard. I don't know what kind of beard the guy's got. Beards don't have political affiliations. Uh, but the fact that the follow-up story here, mentally, GI has long path back to Idaho. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week when Dick was here. Uh, the scandal, quote-unquote, about the uh, poor service, the long waiting hours, the lack of funding in America's VA hospitals. This is nothing new. This goes way back. Again, it's the country not putting its money where its mouth is. You know, we say we care about the children. We want to protect the children. The children are the future, blah, blah, blah. But we don't fund schools. In fact, here in Michigan, we're, you know, actively taking steps to take money away from schools in many ways, uh, spreading the education dollars thinly as possible. Uh, so that's one thing we say that we don't do. We also say, and routinely, that you respect the vets. You know, you got to love the vets. You know, America's finest, uh, our armed forces, our service members, men and women. Uh, everybody gets excited to ship them off and to see things explode in the name of America's greatness. Uh, but these people come home with serious injuries, serious psychological trauma, and disrupted lives. And... You know, this is something that we seriously owe these people. Uh, the care they were promised, the care they deserve. They put themselves in harm's way ostensibly for our freedom. But of course, since we remained essentially free, it was for the freedom of British petroleum and shell oil to uh, reinstall themselves in Iraq. Afghanistan's just been a continuous disaster. And of course, we've been involved in one way or another in Afghanistan since the 70s. In fact, it's a country that we have destabilized and restabilized a couple of times over. So nobody has a problem, especially uh, right-wingers, I guess, uh, funding the wars, but we got to make cuts. We got to make cuts to save money because Oh, you know, we throw all this money away on uh, handouts, you know, food for people who are poor. And that's uh, those people should work for that money. Oh, well, if that's another story, if there's no jobs there. But uh, article in the Financial Times about the resignation of uh, Eric Shinseki uh, points out and uses the very word uh, that I think should be reminded uh, to us here. Um the VA system has received significant increases in its budget in recent years as the Obama administration has tried to address a long-standing history of management problems. Bing. So, okay, there you go. Under Obama's presidency, there have been continuous funding increases. Recognizing there's a problem at the VA, 
trying to find ways to, okay, well, we got to increase the uh, quality of service here. It's not fair to make people wait 115 days uh, to be seen by a doctor. That's a third of a year. Uh, you could be dead by then uh, or in some serious pain. Uh, so clearly you need to uh, reorganize that system. Uh, and they've tried to do so. But the next paragraph uses the key word. Uh, the VA has had to cope with a surge in new patients as a result of the Iraq and Afghanistan wars. So that war continues to grow in cost and in expense and in psychological damage and so forth. Um, so whether or not people think uh, Obama's weak for uh, negotiating an exchange of prisoners here, it's a conciliatory gesture to signify, help signify the end of our military presence in Afghanistan. And um, people just forget about those costs. Of course, Bush, Cheney, et al. forgot about all the costs because uh, we were told, ah, this war will pay for itself. It'll be great. Oh, another aspect of uh, Bush's mission accomplished is that uh, sectarian violence uh, and random killings in Iraq uh, has reached a monthly high of 799. That was another great uh, development from the we must have this war against Saddam Hussein to avenge my father, Luke. I'm your father. Okay, well, Dr. Strangelove uh, could hardly have done it any better himself. Uh, I'm going to shift gears now away from the nation in denial to the uh, bizarre interconnections of some things that... Of course, living here in Michigan, it's a peninsula. We're surrounded by water. Uh, here in the early onset stages of the water wars, as I think we will continue to see uh, tensions over the access to and control of water uh, only grow in the decades to come. Uh, most wars have been largely about oil. World War II, of course, was largely about access to oil. The main reason Japan attacked us at Pearl Harbor was not just to destroy as much of the Pacific fleet as they could, but out of retaliation for our announced refusal to continue to sell them steel and oil. Uh, Hitler, of course, was trying to rush down and take the uh, Romanian uh, oil fields, and so their defense became important. Uh, so uh, North Africa, because of the Saudi Peninsula, and so World War II, largely about oil. Uh, water is something we often take uh, for granted. Um, it's so abundant. It surrounds us. Of course, we've been dealing with uh, water pollution and tainted water and chemical spills and all sorts of uh, industrial carcinogens introduced into our water and oceans and drinking water and so forth uh, throughout the decades. But uh, recently in Ireland... People are having to pay a water tax, an annual water bill of 250 euros. It's seen as a stealth tax as a result of the country's uh, 67.5 billion euro bailout after the global financial crisis, which led to the collapse of Irish banks. Um, 
Ireland is the only country in the OECD organization of mostly rich nations that does not levy water charges. So most of Europe pays a water tax. And, of course, we pay a water tax here, too. Uh, it's very small, though. Um, it's certainly not uh, 250 euros. Uh, that's a rather pricey one. But um, we are going to uh, have to look at the ways in which keeping our water safe, of course, the fracking thing is going to introduce a lot of other uh, evil toxins into our water system. And so people who want to have access to water for industrial purposes are going to have more clout fiscally and legally than those of us who simply want to drink, cook, with and bathe in it and of course our food will continue to need clean fresh water uh, for it to grow so agriculture and domestic consumption of water uh, is going to be hard-pressed uh, from industrial concerns and so we're going to see the water wars, uh, in other words, are going to be more than just country versus country, region versus region. It's going to be economic sector versus economic sector. Um, and which side will the chambers of commerce line up on? Not yours. <laughs> no, unless you happen to be a corporation, in which case then uh, you're all set there in the bag. But because we live in a world of bizarre interconnections, I guess I'll save this food one for the next time. That's a little bit longer. Uh, some disturbing ways in which the uh, corporate world shuggle, uh, shuffles and juggles uh, food production. I'll save for next week. But I will go quickly to this one by Emiko Terrazono, writing in the weekend edition of Financial Times. The weather connected to the gold price falling. Concerns about the effect of El Nino, which have hit commodities markets since the start of the year, are spreading to gold. That's right, the weather has affected the gold price. As some analysts point to the potential impact of the weather phenomena on India's monsoon season. A lack of physical buying by Indian consumers, normally active purchasers of gold, has been one of the bearish factors for the market this year. The precious metal was down 3% on the week at $1,253 a troy ounce. Edel Tuffy, precious metals specialists at UBS in London, said India was likely to be on the radar in June as the monsoon season started. El Nino, which is caused by the warming of the Pacific Ocean, tends to bring hot and dry weather to southern and southeast Asia and could mean a weaker monsoon season. India's rural farming areas account for about 60% of its gold purchases, and the strength of the monsoon has a direct impact on demand. Quote, a good monsoon season is positively correlated with agricultural crop yields, farmers' incomes, and gold demand, said Ms. Tully. A bad monsoon could hit crops and lead to higher food inflation, prompting higher earners to buy gold. However, a larger impact was likely to come from poor crops and rising food costs, forcing farmers to sell part of their gold holdings, as well as leaving less money for gold purchases. Elsewhere in commodities, El Nino could be supportive for U.S. crops and bearish for markets. The weather phenomenon was associated with cooler and damper conditions in the U.S. Midwest, certainly like today, and could be good for grain and soybean yields. 
El Nino uh, tends to lead to dry weather in South America and is expected to help keep Brazil's export operations running, allowing the global trade pipeline for soybeans to be supplied. Meanwhile, the weather pattern is expected to lead to a reduced number of storms in the Atlantic, and analysts expect fewer hurricanes during the U.S. season starting next month. Steve Bowen, meteorologist, meteorologist at Aon Benfield, a reinsurance broker, said, quote, the consensus is that the 2014 Atlantic hurricane season should see a reduced number of storms primarily due to the pending development of an El Nino in the eastern Pacific. Hurricanes and tropical storms in the Atlantic have influenced commodities markets from energy to orange juice, although the boom in onshore shale output has made the oil and gas markets less vulnerable to weather systems hitting the U.S. Gulf Coast. However, Mr. Brown warned that it only took one big landfalling storm to cause disruption. Quote, the U.S. remains long overdue for such an event to happen again, he said. Ba-dum. So there you go. The weather. Whether it's the price of gold, the success of your crops, it's all to do with the weather, the wind, the water. Things over which we don't have that much control. The extent that we do control them is the extent that we control our own abilities to tamper with and taint them. So... Keep that in mind as you enjoy your next refreshing cold glass of good Ann Arbor, Michigan water. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be taking the airwaves shortly.